Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Phoenix Podcast. If you've got a question you want answered, a topic you'd like discussed, or a guest you want to hear, check out the form in the show notes. Follow our social media for other great content. All right, welcome back, everybody. We have the tremendous Stephanie Caponi with us. That's a weird word to use. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll certainly take tremendous. Thank you so much, Ross. <laughs> You're welcome. How are you today, Stephanie? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I'm dying of, of heat over here, but I will survive, hopefully. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, we actually got a little reprieve today. It's not so hot in New York, which feels wonderful. I don't have the air conditioning on, and I'm not dying. Oh, wow. This room is, like, very sun-facing, so it's great in the winter. It's just not right now. Um, It's actually really nice outside today, but it is what it is. Anyhow, enough about me complaining. Uh, (laughs) um, So last week, we talked about the star card. And it was about hope, renewal. Um, what other words did you use? Uh, we used healing, regeneration, release, um, healing from the past, letting go. Talked about Aquarius. And, and I think it's in, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, and what's the Aquarius energy again? Kind of all those things that you'd already mentioned. Uh, Aquarius is the water bearer. And Aquarius is always forward thinking. So that's really, you know, speaks to releasing the past. Um, Aquarius is a cosmic sign. And the cosmic sign is always concerned with the collective and is like dialed into the divine a little bit more. Hmm. Knowing that, I have one question on this and then we can move on. Um, So if it's more connected to the divine and it's about healing and all this stuff, this is kind of saying to heal the whole, heal yourself, do the work, be the change you want to see, that whole concept. Mm Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. Everything is, yeah, everything is, when, you know, all of us that are, that have chosen to go on this journey of healing themselves, we're we're healing, we're healing the collective as well. Hmm. You know, any, any work you do on yourself isn't selfish because it's we're all connected so you're helping other people by helping yourself that's that's a very good way to put it um because then you have all sorts of experience that you can share with other people and just by being in a better place you can help inspire other people to follow suit definitely you know we're all we're all part of a collective consciousness Hmm. so if that's why that's why there are movements, you know, we're all, we're all dreaming the same dream, basically. <laughs> so when you're doing this, like deep healing work, especially like mental and emotional, that's part of the collective consciousness. So other people actually feel it and other people change and heal from work that they maybe 
aren't available to go through, but they're capable of receiving. Let me ask you, this is kind of a funny, weird question, but I'm just curious what your thought process is. In some way, do you think it's almost like spiritual social security where you pay into it and then some people will carry you like at some point? Yes. And you carry Exactly. Yes. Okay. You. <laughs> you laugh, but I... I'm just laughing at the weird metaphor or analogy of it. I think it was a great analogy. (laughs) Spiritual, (laughs) social security. Um, So I guess we had also talked about how this is that glimmer of hope prior to moving into the kind of uh, dark night of the soul that comes in the moon. So do you want to start with the moon, the astrological sign? Let me guess what it is, actually, because I'm not 100% certain. But intuitively, I want to say it's Scorpio. I don't know if that's right. It, you would think, you would think it would be Scorpio. It's how, um, it's actually Pisces. Oh man, that's my so, sign. I know. I was waiting for what you're going to say. Um, it's, you know what, it's associated with water signs, I would say. I would say that any water signs would work. Um, in, Rachel Pollack's book, Terra Wisdom, she associates it with cancer, even though I learned it as Pisces. Cancer would make sense because cancer is ruled by the moon. Hmm. Um, so when you think about the moon, you think about the moon controlling the tides, our emotions. But because it's the moon is one of you know the super conscious cards i would associate that with pisces because pisces is cosmic water where it's concerned with the collective and tapped into collective consciousness and the super conscious realm so one of my questions about this is going to be um pisces is all about kind of that intuition and those other aspects and all of that um i just lost my train of thought (laughs) never mind (laughs) it wasn't that important (laughs) that's okay um yeah so the moon is um related to pisces it's related to the subconscious it's related to cycles you know when you think about a lunar cycle you you wax and you wane and what happens in those times. Um, It's a lot to do with the shadow and shadow work. So like really looking at what's lit up in the darkness. hmm. I'm looking at your card and I have some questions about it. Surprise, Uh, surprise. (laughs) Right. So you have it kind of in this uh, crescent moon and you can see the the spot where it's dark. You can see all of these holes, I guess. Is that this kind of to show that as you go through this card is helping you kind of see the areas that you need to work on and it's exposing a lot of those areas that still need attention um, and kind of showing you where there's some damage that needs repaired in your subconscious and in your psyche. I love that. I love that that's what you got from the card. Um, They're the craters of the moon. That's just how I draw it. But 
you made it sound a lot deeper than <laughs> what it's uh, the symbolism of it. So thank you for that. So this whole wonderful super ability I have of reading too much into everything, it can be really great or very difficult. <laughs> I think that's your Pisces superpower. So let's celebrate it. <laughs> thank you. I, it's always really interesting and funny to talk about these cards, like talking about my cards with you, because I, I think I've mentioned this before. I don't remember drawing them. Hmm. That's kind of, I'm sure you have. I don't remember you telling me that, but. Oh, yeah. My, my I don't, memory's horrible, though. That's okay. My, my memory for making art or channeling it, um, who knows? I think that's a good thing though, really. I think I, I think the point of it was supposed to show like, it's like the crescent is lit up and like the rest of the moon's kind of a little bit more in shadow. So kind of like just alluding to the cycles of the moon and the part that is illuminated is like such a small sliver. So like what you what is actually seen is like such a small part of what's actually happening hmm i think that's a really good way to look at it it's kind of like just touching the surface of something in relation to the water that's on the rider way smith deck um right. one of the other things i like about your card is there's like a really good balance of light and dark and is that the kind of show that although it's a dark process there's also a light in it or is that just aesthetic as well um, no, it's definitely to show that, you know, we, we do the shadow work and we look at what's in the dark in order to find the light. Mm. You know, the light is the reflection of the sun off of the moon. So it's like, you know, the sun is shining somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, you know, the moon is in the, in this particular card, the moon's over the hermit's cottage. So like kind of part of the journey is like going inward and doing a lot of like the, you know, reflective work and to find your own inner wisdom. Um, I don't know that I properly represented um, like the Rider Waite Smith does the, the relationship between the wild primal self and like the domesticated polite societal self. I think you did, but I'll, I'll let you disparage yourself. <laughs> no, because here's the thing. Like, I think you have the wild self in the trees and then the more um, presentable self within the cottage. So there's still oh, kind like of the domestic and the wild self self there. I'll keep you around. Thank you for that. <laughs> just a different interpretation of it also i think it's cool how the uh, trees are kind of like the two towers there mm -hmm. um and this is more of a personal question that cabin is obviously the cabin where you kind of made everything or was at least inspired by this yep very 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 cool um this is more of a kind of a question of just getting your perspective on so we had talked about this card being the dark night of the soul do you think that this one tower would represent kind of you having the beginning of a dream and then this is kind of this illuminating part in between and this is you like actually touching ground like after taking that leap of faith on the other side that's like a really great way of looking at it 
It always kind of reminded me of like the columns on the high priestess card. Oh, severity and mercy. Hmm. But there's there. That's just you know the incredible thing about symbolism and why tarot is such an incredible like art therapy tool because it it sparks a dialogue and regardless of what it actually means it brings something out in each person that looks at it and gives it you know a critical eye Mm -hmm. there's no right or wrong well it has to be some wrong like yeah <laughs> this is no, me but I mean pedantic, but yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm definitely not a person that follows the rules. I like to have a a working knowledge of the rules, and then I just make shit up as I go along anyway. That sounds like me. That's why we get along, I feel like. I yeah, I think so too. We're you know, some people need to, you know, some people really love the like the like rich deep history of like each you know like all the hermetic principles and like every like little thing the way it was intended to and then you know some people are like i just feel drawn to something and creative expression brings out my own mind and my own thoughts and not just regurgitated facts Mm. Yeah, I like all the things. I like I like the hermetic aspects. I like all the history of this stuff, but I'm not too tied to it. It's like cool to look at and see where it fits, but then I like to see how I can kind of like upcycle it or like repurpose it. What does this mean now? Yeah, exactly. Like meanings change. History is amazing and important, but it's not everything. I think that's especially in religion, that's what, you know, gets people into trouble is saying like oh this you know like dogmatic like this has to be this certain way it's like no what what resonates with you what do you see like i love hearing what people especially people that don't follow tarot you know when you're reading for somebody who's like we just stopped into like the shop i work at and thought it was cool and felt non-threatening to like get a mini reading it's interesting to see what comes up and like allowing people to engage with the side of their brain that um is more creative Mm -hmm. and less perfectionist and like concerned with getting something right i i see yeah i see your point there now i have to redact my previous statement because the subjective element of it is actually where the healing comes in Yeah, I think like a lot of people don't engage. I know we've spoke about this before, but people are so concerned with the image of their mind being the product of what they want to make and it not coming. If they can't produce what's in their head perfectly, then they it's not worth it for them to even try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that whole Peter Griffin from Family Guy saying anything I'm not instantly good at isn't worth my time. Um, it's same energy, different different concept, same energy though. You know, it's and then I mean, I could do a whole podcast on that. Um, You'll have to save it for years when you get it. Yeah, right. I um just randomly, I uh, 
I'm a nanny during the week for this little five-year-old girl who I've been on and off with since she was three. And we just kind of got back together and she's, she loves to draw and make art. And she's been getting really angry and upset and really judgmental at her artwork because it doesn't come out the way she thinks it should in her mind. Mm. And so she's like already so hard on herself. And so I'm, I'm just like shocked at this. And I'm like, this is when this happens with people like at that age where they just are like free flowing, creative little beings. But when it doesn't come out to their perfectionist level, they just deem it unworthy and give it up. Hmm. And I feel like with, with tarot and people that um, want to study it, it's like, you don't have to, you get past like the initial perfectionism of learning each card's definition and keywords and learning each historical symbolic motif and just like, let your, like, free yourself which is kind of like in the moon like getting past that like that shadow side of that domestic self and leaning more into that wild self that just is a creative being i feel like it it opens you up in a different way Hmm. i would agree with that absolutely um getting into the numerology of this so you have the one and the eight so my take on that is you have to have strength to kind of create the experience to transition to the hermit. <laughs> like you have to have strength, I guess, to be able to create that self-reflection from this card. Cause it's not an easy process. How do you take all of that? Exactly. Like you said it, hmm. um, you know, one is the magician. One is the self. That's why, in you know all of these from the you know one to 19 it's it's all a journey of the self which is why i love you know like i made a deck about self-reflection because you can't really bring other people into the fold if you haven't done this work of your own like deep psychological and emotional work Mm-hmm. And like you said, it takes a lot of strength to look at that shadow self to do that deep inner work. Eights, um, eights in um, numerology are about action. So if you're doing eight plus one is nine, you're doing deep self, you know, self analysis. You're going hermit you're having the strength to like go inward. That's what I'm trying to say. One of the other things too, about the eight kind of came up when you mentioned that as well is um, the infinity symbol aspect of it. So in relation to this, that's kind of consistently uh, having that ability to go in. Cause I think it was the last episode. I said, at some point you got to clean this shit out so you can move forward. But then it really is. There's always this recluttering or finding the way that new things stir up old wounds. And you have to apply that same strength to proceed. And also that self-reflective aspect of having that honest conversation with yourself of this is something I need to work at because it relates to this. Um, how did I solve this before? What, what do I have in the toolkit 
that I can use to help um, resolve this or find new tools. Yeah, and I think in, it's really big in the finding new tools. Um, nines are all about ending cycles before you begin again. And mm -hmm. I feel like the moon is like a huge like, okay, in, in order to do this work, okay, what am I ready to let go of to release? And a lot of times, a lot of the tools in the toolkit may not work anymore. Planned obsolescence is a motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry. Planned obsolescence really is. But yeah, that stuff doesn't always work and it does break down. And certain tools that helped us at certain parts of our journey actually become um, toxic or they're just not what's the word I'm looking for? they're just not able to be used because you have a different level of understanding and you realize that maybe you don't need a, a like a, a sledgehammer for to like hang a painting I guess <laughs> exactly yeah there's and there and there's always I think in part of letting that go of like okay this thing that I did for a long time that was so healing and helpful is no longer really working. Um, by letting it go, I'm opening myself up for new modalities and new tools to kind of enter my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting process. We had talked about that before we kind of started recording in lots of ways. Yeah, it's funny that it kind of like resurfaced. Mm -hmm. Definitely we came back to that. Um, I don't really have anything else to say on this. Like, I feel that we got all of the key parts out, but I'll leave the floor open for you to add anything else you might want to. Um, so I think we think about like the moon as being this big shadow work thing. Um, but what, what we, um, what, what am I trying to say? But it, but it, but it. It's also a card about psychic development and like developing your intuition. And that's where the Pisces aspect comes in in a large way as yes. well. Mm -hmm. um, everybody has psychic abilities. So if this card is coming up for you, maybe it's time to like take a look at like some of these gifts that maybe need a little bit more attention that could help you as new tools, you know, whether that's, you know, look at your, you know, clairaudience, clairsentience, clairvoyance, like there's a lot of different gifts that could be worked on that maybe are latent hmm. that need to be brought out into the light. That's a really neat perspective too, because in a real way, the dark night of the soul definitely goes into having the new tools, but then when you tap into that whole psychic element, at least for me, like everything I've been going through lately has caused me to double down on some of my spiritual efforts. And although I never really delved into it before, mess with affirmations, like I'm saying it like I'm smoking crack in a back alley. I was using affirmations, uh, <laughs> but like all that stuff has been incredibly helpful for me. Um, and then through that, it's also brought me to some other different tools. Um, like just using visualization on a regular basis or all this stuff. And all of that actually feeds into psychic development in different ways. At least the visualization does specifically. Um, 
so it's kind of neat how that comes up. Like you almost have to magic your way out of the dark night of the soul in some way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it's really kind of fun and interesting when you stumble on to your special gift. Um, I remember when I moved and I was living like out on Long Island in this lady's house and I didn't know anybody and I didn't have anything to really do other than like dick around with like journaling and tarot card reading. And um, I started like drawing and I was, I, I didn't know what the answer was for me for like something. And so I was like, I'm, you know, like some people auto write. And I was like, I'm just gonna auto draw and whatever comes out is gonna be the answer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I knew I needed to move somewhere cause I was not in a good space, but I didn't know if I should stay out on Long Island, move like deeper into like the forest or if I should like take a chance and move to Brooklyn. Cause I just felt like I didn't, I wasn't ready for all that energy and all those people. Um, I wasn't ready for society. I was still hermiting. And so I was like, all right, what would like my ideal place to live look like? So I started drawing like the bed and like a dresser and da da da. And then I drew like the window behind the bed and I was like, okay, is it going to be trees or is it going to be buildings? And I was just like, I just started drawing and I started drawing these buildings with like a water tower on top of it, which is if you live in Brooklyn, there's like these old, beautiful like water towers at the top of a lot of the old buildings and I was like okay I'm gonna move and that was like a chain reaction so then I started like testing myself and I'd be like when I didn't have the answer I would start drawing something and I'm telling you I have a crazy like I have sketchbooks filled with things that came true just oh, based wow. on let me ask you this. Have you ever thought of doing that as a skill that you would do for other people? Or is that just in your own personal toolkit? I don't know if it would work for other people because, and this might be like a scary overshare, but I had this like weird fear because um, anytime people would contact me and ask me to draw like a picture of them with their significant other, they would immediately break up. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh no, am I the relationship ruiner? You home wrecker. <laughs> home wrecker. I like, I don't want to draw pictures of couples because every picture of a couple I've ever drawn, they don't stay together. Maybe it's just because they were kind of clingy and that was like a clingy thing to do and it, <laughs> the relationship was doomed anyhow. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't think you could take that kind of power. I, I guess you can, but you, home, you have the ability to home wreck despite drawing. I know. <laughs> Talk about negative um, press for myself. Now it's like nobody's going to ask me to draw them ever again. Somebody might, you might be able to do it just for people that want to break up, but don't know how. You just have to market it the right way. <laughs> can help you there. That actually would break be up really with your cool. spouse. I will. Yeah. I'll draw a picture of it and you'll break up. It's like um, white magic, but I don't know. <laughs> You should do that. Um, anyhow, I'm rambling. That's okay. So yeah, drawing spells through spell casting through art is my weird 
my weird skill. I'm not entirely sure how to work with that. If anybody who's listening has any ideas, please throw them at me. I'm dying to hear. This, this is my question. Why don't you draw about how to use your skill? <laughs> I love it when the solution is in within the question. It's literally that picture of the hand drawing the hand, right? <laughs> like, bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, it was funny. Like when I was writing the book, I was trying to like visualize like what would the book look like? Like, can I see it like on the shelf somewhere with like multiple copies? So I actually drew like the book, like bunch of like a but like you were like in a Barnes and Noble or something, and the whole shelf was like new in stock with like my book, blah 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 blah. And then there was like a book that was like open on the shelf, and then on the open pages, I drew um, the Fool tarot card. That's kind of interesting considering we've called this the fool's guide to tarot. Well, that was how, that was how I, that's how the deck started. I saw it in the book and I was like, Oh, the major arcana is the illustrations of this book. Hmm. And then I started drawing them with the sole intention of them being illustrations for the book and only doing the 22. And then I finished the book and I was like, well, I'm a little too close to this. I need to put this on the shelf for a few years and then go back to it. And then I was like, should I even attempt to do the other, the other 56? And I fought it for a couple of months. And then I was like, I have nothing else going on in my life. I might as well just draw, see if it happens. And here we are. That's so cool. It's neat to see people kind of undertake stuff because that's a really ambitious project. Um, and it's cool to see that you've not only completed it, but what you're doing with it now and kind of all of the other stuff. I mean, even wanting to do um, all of these discussions has been a really ambitious project. And it's cool to like be at this end of it now. Like we actually had our moon moment <laughs> in August, kind of like the dark night of recording this where we had to get through it. We actually had all of those moments like thinking about it because for me like i had the star moment I had the tower moment where all of us kind of had a shake up for me i had the star moment of kind of getting revitalized with not only moving forward with this but with everything else and then there was kind of the moon moment of figuring out where to go and how to process everything and digesting it all hmm. yeah we we had a moment we did <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, I don't know if our listeners know this, but, um, or if they do, if we did already mention this, it was a long time ago, but Ross had reached out to me on Instagram to have me on the podcast to interview me for um, just about the, the deck. And we, we did an interview and we had such a good time. And, you know, so we had like a follow-up email and he was like, hey, if you ever have any ideas for future episodes, I'd like to have you back on the show. And I was like, well, I have this dream, but it's not just a one-off show. Um, and I kind of like pitched him, if you want to go through the major arcana and also the accompanying minors and make it like a weekly thing. And, and here we are. So thank you, Ross, for 
being open and receptive and letting me hijack your show every week. <laughs> no, it's been awesome. I, I definitely, uh, <laughs> it's been a privilege. You've been on here more than anybody else. So like it's, you definitely have a space in the show history of like it being your show as well. So this has been like such an incredible experience and I really appreciate it. I'm so sad it's going to be over. <laughs> I didn't even really tell anybody yet. The, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. This is the last couple episodes. Um, I actually wanted to tell you about this since we're wrapping up. I want to do the world episode as the last episode. And I actually want to do it on, October 31st, which is when I started the podcast three years ago. Um, so I want to do the last episode with you. And then like the other awesome thing about it really is uh, it'll be the 64th episode of this season. And in the I Ching, 64 is the number of completion as well. <laughs> You're definitely gonna make me cry. <laughs> I don't cry. It'll be awesome to do the last episode with you and kind of send it off since you've been at like you're like it's you're part of the show so it'll be cool to end it too because i started it in a room by myself like no friends completely like know anything and it's cool to end it with somebody so that's amazing and also like you know i i started moon void tarot like i started it with no with nobody no no support no like friends in my own community like, obviously, we all have people that love us, but they don't loving us and understanding us and being a reciprocal energy is something completely different. So I'm, I can't believe, like you said, like, I went from this, like, really scary, sad, lonely, unsure place to being really happy and um, feeling really fulfilled and having people in my life and surrounded by people that inspire me and push me. And like, I, I'm real, like I have so much more like passion and, and like zest for life than I think I've ever had. I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting process when you put your energy into something you're passionate about and you stick with it uh, long past. It's comfortable, like stick with it past the moon phase. Like that's how you really transition into actually the next card, which would be the sun, like is yeah. going through that real difficult time. Uh, I can't wait to talk about that next week. Yeah, me, me too. It's going to be awesome. I'm super excited about it. Um, so what are the bullet points that we have for the moon? Um, the moon, we think about like lunar cycles. So that it's the dark night of the soul, but it's temporary. Hmm. You know, you're always going to cycle out of it. It's something we all have to go through multiple times, but we always come out of it and it brings a lot of gifts. Hmm. Obviously we get the sun afterwards, which is the brightest light um, and rebirth. Uh, it, the moon represents the subconscious um, psychic development our intuition um like doing shadow work hmm. two of the things that uh, i have on my own notes are illusion and fear and we didn't touch on that but i definitely feel that there is an element of kind of like illusion or not looking at things clearly in some regard to like making mountains out of molehills and then fear of just kind of not thinking you can get through it as well Right. Yeah, that's, 
It's interesting that we didn't really like touch on those things because I have written down self-deception. Mm. Sometimes people, you know, people say like just the word deception, but I think that all deception is a form of self-deception because I think that everything, like we've said a thousand times on this podcast, <laughs> you know, the interior matches the exterior. So if somebody's deceiving you, there's got to be somewhere where you are very open and like, you know, I feel like our intuition always screams at us when someone's deceiving us. I would definitely agree with that. Um, one thing I want to say is that you said the interior matching the exterior. In my mind, I'm like, it's like the cosmic curtain matches the drapes. <laughs> it was too great not to share. Like, my mind is twisted. It's awesome. It's, I love it. It's great. No, it's it's i think i'm like i think it, your lightness is very refreshing <laughs> especially in a heavy card <laughs> right um so we kind of hit on all the key points of this we're moving into the sun next week like what do you want to share about the sun as a sneak preview i think about the sun and then I think about the sun in astrology and why we always read our horoscope for our sun sign um, because the sun is the brightest star in the sky. It's like our biggest luminary. Um, but it's only a small portion of us. So I think that when the sun comes in, it's like really illuminating something. It's not the whole picture, but it's a big part of the picture. So, like, I think about clarity. Hmm. I think about rebirth. You know, in the Rider Waite Smith, there's a baby on the card. I like it. I think it's definitely a good sneak preview. Like, I can almost feel the the sun's warmth radiating through. <laughs> and that's not just the um, <laughs> the lack of AC in your apartment. <laughs> right? No. No, it's definitely You're not. You're doing this podcast in a sweat lodge. <laughs> it is a sweatshop. I've actually, <laughs> I'll, I'll survive, thankfully. Um, yeah. Oh, I just right. oh, go ahead. I'm We're sorry. I'm delirious at this point. Sorry. I, I, I am. I'm having like heat stroke or something. Um, I, I just want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen today. Stephanie, I want to thank you. Uh, if y'all want to reach out to us, you can hit us up on Instagram. That information will be in the show notes. You can send us emails that will be in the show notes as well. And if you would like to buy the Moon Void Tarot, uh, you can go to moonvoidtarot.com or etsy.com slash shop slash, wait, <laughs> etsy.com slash shop slash Moon Void Tarot. I don't know why that was Yay! Good. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Phoenix Podcast. If you've got a question you want answered, a topic you'd like discussed, or a guest you want to hear, check out the form in the show notes. Follow our social media for other great content.